You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a master certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. A quick note, the Career Author Mastermind begins January 6th. It's an exclusive coaching program for a small group of fiction writers who are committed to creating their dream careers as authors. This is the program I wished I had access to when I was starting out as a novelist and even in the middle of my career before I began working with a coach. With research-backed coaching techniques, strategies that have helped my clients succeed again and again, and a proven process for creating a clear roadmap for the next three years of your career, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. Visit evenbetter.co, that's C-O, to learn more on how to be a part of the mastermind in 2023. Barbara, hi. What would you like coaching on today? Hi. Um, well, I have a book baby that's coming out in January, but hey. um, I'm afraid I'm already in the sophomore slump and I'm having a little bit of trouble uh, getting going on my second novel. So help me, Camille. <laughs> so where are you at with the second book? And by the way, congrats on your first. That's amazing. You are now in the 0.1% of all humans. Wow. want to write a book. And it's literally, I did the math on this, just on who reports any income from books, who has put a book in the Library of Congress, all of that. And it's less than 0.1% of people. It's oh, that rare error. Congratulations. You're amazing. That makes me feel much better. So, so there you start. Um, it's interesting because I, I'm a, a, a plant, sir, I suppose I would say. Um, I, need a, I need a little bit of a, of a plot. I need to know where I'm going. And I'm, th I'm there. I have the story. Um, but even though I am a plotter, per se, I am trying to just kind of, you know, just do some writing. And I, I'm stuck mm -hmm. in the weeds right now, actually. I'm, I'm you know, racking up the word count. And uh -huh. I'm enjoying what I'm writing, but I'm saying to myself, I don't know where this is fitting in. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of going back to my outline, which I know some writers, you know, that that's um, either music to their ears or or not. But that that's kind of where I am. I'm just trying to still flesh out the story and then get back into it. I am. I love the magic of writing where the character surprises us. Mm -hmm. Some beautiful sentence comes to us. There's a plot twist we never saw coming. But I do when I'm coaching people, recommend at least doing a 3X structure, just mm -hmm. kind of a loose framing the house of the story. And the reason is because I have found, and I've worked with hundreds of writers at this point in some capacity, people who outline do tend to write faster. Mm -hmm. Not every single case. I know there are people listening who are like, that's not me. It doesn't apply to everyone. But my general observation is that having some sort of structure helps our brain deal with that. I don't know what to do. And so I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And what I generally recommend is if you're stuck, maybe try and outline a little bit more. Tell me when you say, I don't know where this is fitting in. Is it things are surprising you in the draft or you just don't know where the middle is? Like what's going on there? Let's talk more about that. That's an interesting point. Um, right now, what I've been writing in is a subplot that I actually didn't see coming, which is exciting. That's always yeah. exciting. Um, the way I describe my writing is the way I've heard improv actors describe their technique, which is oh. they don't they don't know where they're they know where they have to end up in the scene. 
They don't know how they're getting there. And that's exciting because it's sort of like taking a detour. Yeah. So I know where I'm ending. I actually know the third act, you mm-hmm. know. I, I guess I'm 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 in the middle, um, muddled in the middle. Um, the other day I did work on my opening scene. Uh-huh. And I was thrilled because I I believe I nailed the tone that I was looking right. for. Um what attracts me to your writing is your humor. And that's oh, what thanks. I try to infuse in mine. So I got I got the humor for the uh-huh. beginning or so I think. <laughs> so No, you're the you're the judge of that. And for me, I will spend so much time getting that opening chapter right. Mm-hmm. Then I write fast. The whole rest of the book, I write yeah. really fast. But I just love being able to reread what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I really think the fact that you just got that may be instructive of where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to read it a little, maybe before you begin writing, mm-hmm. to just be like, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to capture here. That could be helpful. But let's talk about the last time you felt stuck. Mm-hmm. Can you describe that experience? Sure. Um, let me explain to you that my day job is a writer. Um, I am a freelance writer. Yeah. Well, I'm writing thousands of words a day <laughs> or a week, not thousands a day. That was my life for a long time. It's a lot, though. If you're yes. on deadline, you're just writing and writing. It is. It is. Yeah. So not thousands of words a day, thousands of words a week. And that's my my trouble right now is where I'm stuck is that um, my brain is always on and not that it shouldn't be on for writing, but I'm having trouble making the switch into writing um, in, into fiction writing sometimes. Yeah. So how I feel stuck, I feel very um, almost like I, I, I've gone to the gym and I've injured myself like or I feel stiff or something like that. You know, I had yeah. a out loud, you know, a couple of days ago, but now I'm like, ooh, I, I you know, the, so. I'm, I guess I'm waiting for the muscle memory to kick in mm-hmm. um, from my first book because I remember being in the zone with that at yeah. time. And, um, but yeah, I think just giving myself grace, I, I, I do sprints um, sometimes. Right. But again, I, I was really kind of getting caught up in the, oh, look, this, I wrote a thousand words. That's wonderful. But where do these words go? Mm-hmm. So I want you to spend some time when we're off this call Yep. Of answering that question. Mm-hmm. Because really, whenever the brain asks us a question, our job is to answer it. Mm-hmm. So where do these words go? And it, without doing any major editing, editing in the middle of a draft is the number one way I see writer self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the book is no good. Next thing we know, we've spent four months trying to fix what we already have. I'd rather you just move forward. But answer that question of where can this go next? Mm-hmm. What is the next thing that I know? But I want to come back to what you said about book one and being in the zone. Yeah. So I love flow. I think it's beautiful and it's a gift. But often when we've had that experience with one book, and I say this, I've now written 14 of my own books and have ghostwritten many of other people's in terms of nonfiction. Not every book is going to feel the same. Mm-hmm. And we have, the, often we make this mistake of judging the non-flow zone as like, it's no good. And I can tell you that that's not always true. Some of the books that, oh, I'll tell you. So my third book, Forever is the Worst Long Time, I could not get that thing out. And it is the book that won the awards. It got all the starred reviews. It's the one that people still email me and they're like, I just sobbed. I wrote the thing in all caps because I had to get out of my own head. By the way, anyone listening, do not do that. It's the worst. 
that's how stuck I was. And that book is one of the ones I'm the most proud of. Mm. So I just am sharing that to make sure that you're not mistaking not being in the flow or in the zone or all of those things as a sign that something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily true. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, yeah. that's good because I, I think we, you know, there's the stereotype or, or the dream of the writer pounding away at the keyboard or, mm-hmm. or like you said, even um, handwriting. I'm a big handwriter. Love it. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, if you're only ever going to write one book and you're not, this is why we're having this conversation. Yes. You're going to write a bunch of books. It'd be a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe you wanted that experience to feel magical. I work with a lot of nonfiction writers, um, mm-hmm. coaches now, but it used to be dietitians, doctors, uh, psychologists. A lot of them only ever wanted to write one book mm-hmm. and they wanted it to feel magical. Mm-hmm. Now, once you're on deadline with the publisher, all bets are off and then they end yes. up hiring a ghostwriter. <laughs> but... but There is some of that experience you can capture. And often in the first book, we don't know what we now know Mm -hmm. now that it's no longer the first book. So that almost is easier to stay in that flow. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to your schedule, though. Mm. So you're a freelance writer, which is a blessing and a curse, like every career. Absolutely, You're your own boss. Mm -hmm. You make your own hours, but you're also writing all the time. And I did that for years and years. I know it truly like your fingers are tired, your wrists are tired, your brain hurts. Where does your writing come in your day? It's a very good question. Um, do you mean yeah. my, my my fiction writing? Or yeah, my, absolutely. Okay. Um, all, sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember. I I wish I could say I write in my book every day. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the problem. So what I'm doing, and actually today, okay, mm-hmm. because I work from home. And I was writing in my morning pages. I started journaling again. Love it. Some months ago. And it's been very helpful. I realized that my time is my own. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have to make it my own, um, which means I either have to use it more productively or not beat myself up for not using it. Because that's the other thing, too. Option like, three, to listeners. One. Both of those things. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's like I know I've been around here for a while, but that was just a revelation to me today. So yeah. I actually um, exercised this morning and Yay. I did that instead of the end of the day. Yeah. So I probably will get off here um, when I'm done with you and, you know, walk my dog, think about it and then come back and write a little bit before I finish my assignment. So I love that. And yeah. it really is. I think there's both the habit and then the not beating oneself up when it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. We really feel like writers, I have yet to be proven wrong. We have an inner perfectionist. Yeah. Every single person I've ever worked with has a degree of this. Mm-hmm. And the kind of subtext of that is show up at 100% all the time or mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always manifest that way. But I just want you to recognize the power of 80%. Mm-hmm. If four days a week you showed up a little bit, you'd have more than waiting to show up 100%. Or having, you know, a four-hour chunk of writing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I really believe that fiction is a mood. Mm-hmm. And one of the easiest ways to stay in that mood as the writer creating the mood for the reader is to stay with it five days a week if you can. So that might mean, Barbara, an hour every morning. I like first things first. I think it just helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have clients who they're like, I'm a night person. Totally okay. There's no perfect way to do it. But it's really saying, this is my priority right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have four hours. I would say anything over four hours, you don't need that much time to write. Like, 
diminishing returns at some point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm going to set aside this one hour or these two hours to do it. Take a break, you know, get to the 50 minute mark, get up, have some water, use the bathroom if you have to. But just saying this is my priority because then you just stay in that mood. Part of flow is just remembering what you did the day before Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, yeah, I know what to do now. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. And I like that. And of course, this makes sense. And it's just like, okay, that sounds easy, but I have to institute it. And one thing I'd like to also is as a writer, and and, and I know you know this from when you were um, a freelance writer, too. You always feel like you have homework. And and that includes the weekends. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, well, should I be writing on the weekends? But I'm tired, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I because I'm writing all week. So I like that. I mean, the five days can be any can can be any, any time, five days. But I I like that because mm-hmm. I I did that last week where I I reserved my Sunday for for just regular being Sunday yeah. and so it, good. It was wonderful. My husband was happy. I was happy. Every you know, it was. I good. take Sundays off. Yeah, I don't answer emails. I don't write anything. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I'm behind. What I like about taking deliberate time off. Uh, listeners know I often say like if you don't take a break your body will take one for you Mm -hmm. or your brain will take one for you yep so that's when we're like I've been going for eight days and on the ninth day you can't get out of bed that's Mm -hmm. what's happening okay um and also because it just helps us manage our time better you might miss some things right away and then the second week you'll miss a few less you just learn to use the time that you have Mm -hmm. if you've decided I'm actually taking all of Sunday off yeah it's it's nice. I mean, I I did that um, because I had say over my over my days, but I also had deadlines. I took a couple of days off last week when my husband was off, with, you know, because of work. Yeah, and it was a revelation. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. So, and it wasn't because I did. I, I was behind on work. I actually just pushed on those other three days. Yeah. So yeah, I would think Barbara, just to kind of bring this full circle. Mm -hmm. As you are working on this new book, think about the mood that you're creating for your reader Mm -hmm. and the mood you want to be in when you write. That's not the same as flow necessarily. You know, there are going to be days where it's just harder. Like we want to kind of recognize that the human experience is such, it's not all going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But if you can be intentional about doing it, like I just want to feel really creative. I want to feel non-judgmental when I sit down to write. Um, I want to give myself space. There's no wrong answer here. And then really thinking, how can I create this mood for the reader? The book is 250 to 300 pages of mood. And then how can I stay in that mood? And for you, it sounds like every writer on the planet, I would argue, schedule is going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think your next steps are? Um, I, I like exploring the idea of mood. Um, it is meant to be a humorous book. and. Yeah. It, you know, so not that I'm saying I'm going to be laughing at every, well, hopefully, you know, for better or for worse that I'm laughing at my my writing. But I like the idea of being in mostly a good mood, which means being well rested, mm-hmm. uh, feeling good after. Like I said, I, I worked out this morning and I'm like, oh, those endorphins are really yeah. So I like that. And, um, you know, I, I have been a night writer at times, mm-hmm. but there's something to be said, you know, when you're the only one up in the house or or the neighborhood even, and it just it, that that's a that's a strange mood right there. Um, you know, it could be a good thing, and it could also be a very lonely thing to to yeah. know that you're the only one. 
So I will. I think the uh, next, not I think, uh, next week, um, because it's on Friday, we're going to be, I'm going to be moving into that weekend. Just try this, try, you know, really try to yeah. stake my claim on my writing time during the day. Yeah. yeah. Even put it on your calendar if you yep. can. I have been doing this now for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through, I really got serious about my calendar. Mm-hmm. And even today, it has never changed. Nine to 12, with the exception of my master coach training, which is now over. I don't do anything but write during that time. Mm-hmm. Unless there's, I don't even know, like a dire medical appointment for myself or my child. I don't miss that time. It's still on my print calendar. It's still on my electronic calendar because it just reminds me this is my priority. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I love that you have a print and a digital calendar because I do too. And um, such a nerd. <laughs> lately, if I don't write it down, it doesn't happen or I, I don't remember yeah. it. So that's just, I mean, our lives, if you think about how far we've come in just a hundred years, Mm-hmm. Our brain is not actually, it hasn't evolved at the rate that society has. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm losing my memory. I can't keep everything in my head. No, your brain's not meant to have all this stuff. So you just want to like be a friend to it. Put it on the calendar. Measure it. Yeah. Thank so you good. so much. This yeah. is very helpful. And um, I report back with good news. <laughs> this is going to help so many people. I really feel like calendar can be a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So good. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co, that's evenbetter.co, to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.